I just want to take a few moments just to share with us from God's word, you know, what we are doing these three days, Good Friday, all the way through Easter, as we remember the death, the burial and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our Jesus is an exalted Jesus today. He is seated on the highest throne, high above every principality, above every power. His name is glorious. And we're here this morning because of him. Amen. Why don't we just put our hands to Jesus. Just exalt him in this place. Come on, make a noise for Jesus. He is the champion. He is the winner. He triumphed over hell, the grave. He conquered Satan. Every demon in hell fears and trembles at the sound of his name. Every sickness bows. Come on, you can do better than that for Jesus. Jesus, we exalt you in this place this morning. We lift you high. We lift you high, Jesus. This morning is about you. It's about you, Jesus. Come on, make a noise. Lift up his name. Lift up Jesus. 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 Come on, shout Jesus. 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 We exalt you. Come on, shout. We exalt you. You be exalt you. You are high, Jesus. Amen. Amen. It's all about him. He's the one we're here to celebrate. You know, if some great sports person does something great on the sports field and he's your favorite and you're his fan, I mean, you're not going to sit down there and say, hey, that was nice. I think you're going to celebrate. Whether it's a sixer or it's a gold scored or whether it's a, a winning race, whatever it is. If you're his fan, you're going to celebrate. Now, how many are fans of Jesus? Amen. He conquered the grave. He triumphed over the devil. He conquered every sickness and disease. And he made a way for, the, for us to enter into the holiest place of God. We've got to celebrate that. Amen. The Bible tells us in Galatians chapter 1 and verse 4. Talking about Jesus. It says that he gave himself. For our sins, so that he might deliver us from this present evil world, according to the will of God, the Father. When Jesus died on the cross, this is what he was doing. He was giving himself up for our sins, in order to deliver us or set us free or rescue us from this present evil world. And this was the will of God. It's God's will for you and me to be set free from this present evil world. Back in the beginning when God put Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, God put them in a perfect world. It was a world that was without any sin. It was a world where there was no sickness, no disease, no pain, no hatred, no strife. It was a perfect world. And God put Adam and Eve in that garden. That was God's original intent and design for his creation here on earth. A perfect world. But the Bible tells us 
that the very first man, Adam, along with Eve, they sinned. And because of sin, the Bible says, through one man, sin came into this world. And death through sin. And death passed upon the entire human race. In a perfect world, because of sin, every manner of sickness, every manner of disease, evil and hatred and strife, and all that we find in the world today, all the mess, all the evil, all the pain, all the suffering came into the world back then in the garden when one man sinned against God. For by one man sin came into this world. And down through the ages, right up till this very moment, you and I are trapped in the evil of this world. In the sin that is in this world. The Bible tells us that sin enslaves us. Whoever commits sin, the Bible says, is a slave to sin. And of course, you and I think we know it right and, and we tend to pursue our own ways in trying to live right. But the Bible says there is a way that seems right to a man. But the end of it is a way of death. So let's not fool ourselves. We think if I tried this religion, if I tried this philosophy, if I tried this new age stuff, if I go this way, it will help me be a good person and become a good person. The Bible tells us plainly there are ways that seem right to a man, but in the end, it's going to result in death. So if you think you know the way, you've got to watch out. Because the end of it might still be death. And so many of us sitting here could be enslaved in the evil of this world. The sickness of this world, the strife, the pain, the hatred, the strife, the jealousy, the animosity. Where there is resulting in, in chaos, no peace, confusion of mind, distress in our lives. And sure, we wear our plastic smiles. We've got our Sunday morning masks. We've got our dance party attire. But behind it is a man, a woman, a young man, a young woman who is broken because of the evil that's in this world. This very moment sitting in this auditorium, you and I are suffering because of the evil that's in this world. And it began in the Garden of Eden. But the Bible says that God's original plan God's original design could never, 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 never be defeated. His intent was for man and woman to live in a world that was free from sin, free from sickness, pain, strife, and disease, and evil. That was his original intent. And when he looked down on the earth, things had so digressed from his original plan, but it was not out of his control. And our God is a God of love. He looked down upon humankind. He looks down on you and me this morning. And he sees the pain. He understands the strife. He understands the agony. He understands it when you cry alone. Suffering enslaved by things you wish you were not a slave to. He understands it when you find yourself so powerless and so weak. But he understands it when your mind seems so confused and so disturbed uh, by a power that you find that you cannot put your finger on. He understands it when you end 
end up doing things you wish you never did. He understands it when you end up going places you wish you never went. He understands it when you, when you react to things you wish you never reacted that way. God looks down on you and me in love. And his eyes on the human race throughout the years have been eyes of love. And so the Bible says this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. And in this God demonstrated his love. That he sent his son to be the savior of the world. He sent his son. He said, this is my answer. For all the evil that has come into this world. This is my way out for the people I love. This is my remedy. This is my balm. This is my healing. This is my answer to every problem you have. This is my way of deliverance. God sent his son into the world. He sent his son. And this was no mean son. This was no ordinary son. This was not a baby. That was not an ordinary baby born. The Bible tells us that this was God. Who in the beginning created all things. Who spoke everything into existence. This was the eternal one. The one who never had a beginning. This was the rock that always existed. This was the word of God. Who became flesh. This was no ordinary man. This was no ordinary baby being born into this world. The God who created this universe. Who put all the stars in the night sky. The God who can measure the heavens with the span of his hand. The God who can tell every star by name. The God, the only one who knows the end of the universe. And its beginning. This magnificent Infinite, invincible, omnipotent, all-powerful, all-knowing God confined himself to, a, to the humble body of a man and stepped into the world that he created which was now filled with the filth and the mind of sin. And all manner of evil which he never intended for it to be in. This is Jesus. He is not a teacher. He is God who speaks to man. He is not a guru who can tell you nice things. He is the truth. He is not a great philosopher who can get your mind to reason. He is the wisdom of God. He is not... A, a great person who can try to figure out a way for your problems. He said, I am the way. He's not the one who's come to teach us how to find a new way of life. He said, I am the life. This is Jesus. Isaiah said in Isaiah 42 and again in Isaiah 49, he said, this Jesus has come to set the prisoners free. He has come to open the prison doors and tell the prisoners, you are free. This is the great deliverer. 
no other man before him and no other man after him can ever do what he can do. He is the only one who can open up the prison doors and tell the prisoner, you are free. This is the only one who can tell, tell you, who can open up the prisons of your life. Whether it's the prisons of your mind that so troubles you. Whether it's the prisons of your character and that so enslaves you to things that you don't want to do. Whether it's the prison of your own sickness and disease which every doctor has given upon. He is the only one who can open those prison doors and set you and me free. That's Jesus. That's this Jesus. When he began his work on earth. He began with a statement. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. For God has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal those who are broken in their hearts. He has sent me to give sight to those who are blind, who can't see have no understanding of where they're going who don't know the entrance who don't know the exit who don't know where they are he said I've come to set at liberty those who are oppressed those who find themselves under a power that they are unable to shake off of their lives he said I've come to set them free he came to bring deliverance for us how did he do it? He gave himself up for our sins. So that he might deliver us from this present evil world. According to the will of God the Father. So on the cross, where Jesus gave himself up for our sins. He was working our deliverance. He was creating a way for you and me to be set free from the evil that's in this world. All of us like sheep have gone astray. But the Lord laid upon him the sins of us all. The penalty for our sins was upon him. He took upon him our sin. He took upon him our sickness. He took upon him Everything that had come into the world through Adam, all of that was enough upon Jesus. On the cross, there is a whole lot more than what meets the eye. There is a whole lot more than just the blood that flowed from his body. There is a whole lot more than his torn and pierced flesh. There is a whole lot more going on on the cross beyond the crown of thorns that was placed on his head. There's a whole lot more that happened at Calvary than the ropes that were torn and shared by the Roman soldiers. There's a whole lot more behind the scenes of, of Jesus saying, I thirst. There's a whole lot more because on the cross of Calvary, the sinless one, the holy one of God now became the sin of the whole world. Because on the cross of Calvary, the one who created man perfect and who the one who himself, who is the healer, the one who is the Jehovah Rapha, now was suffering and breathing on the power of every sickness and disease. He was carrying your sickness. He was carrying your pain. He 
was carrying your cancer. He was carrying your arthritis. He was carrying your diabetes. He was carrying every sickness, every pain in your body. He was taking it upon himself. On the cross, the one who is the author of peace. The one who himself is the, is the God of our salvation. The one who himself who created our mind, who can make us whole. This God suddenly on the cross bought every confusion. The punishment for our peace was upon him, the Bible says. He took upon him your confusion. He took upon him every everything that troubled your mind. He, takes, he took upon him everything that today, this morning, this very morning, ravages against your soul, enslaves you. He became sin. He became poor with our poverty, the Bible says. The mess that we were in, he became. But why did he do it? The Bible says, he tasted death for every man. The just dying for the unjust. That he might bring us to God. Why did he do it? Who gave himself for our sins. So that he might deliver us from this present evil world. Why did he do it? To set us free from every evil. That's in this world. He died on the cross. He was buried. And the third day he rose up triumphant. Somewhere between the cross. And his resurrection. We don't know exactly when. But somewhere between the time. They put the nails through his hands. And they pierced his side. Somewhere between the time. He said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Between then and his resurrection, Jesus did something that had an audience greater than any event that has ever taken place here on earth. The Bible says on the cross, he disarmed every principality and power. On the cross, he looked at every devil in hell and he said, come on, I'm stripping you off. Of every power, every authority that you have over the human race. He disarmed principalities and powers. And the Bible says he made a public show of them. This was the greatest show the universe has ever seen. This was attended by God the Father, God the Holy Spirit. All the angels heaven were in heaven were now focused. All the television stations, if you will, every radio station, every newscaster was now focused on one place. It was called Mount Golgotha. And on that place, there was a son of God hanging. And the Bible says, on the cross, he disarmed principalities and powers and made a public show of them he was declaring once and for all unmistakably unquestionably he was showing heaven earth and hell that satan is defeated because the bible says through his death he defeated the one who had the power of death that is the devil this was one game everybody was watching if you will he, through his death, the Bible says, destroyed him who had the power of death. That's the devil. Somewhere between the cross and the empty tomb, Satan received his final defeat. Today, you and I don't need to defeat the devil 
we just enforce the victory. Today you and I are not trying to disarm the devils. You and I are just enforcing the victory. Somewhere between the cross and the grave. Satan who thought he had become the prince of this world. And all his demons who thought had enslaved every man, a woman, boy and child. Faced their ultimate defeat. On the third day when Jesus rose up from the dead. He made this proclamation. He said, I am Alpha and Omega. I am the first and the last. Behold, I was dead. But now I have the keys of hell and the grave. And behold, I'm alive forevermore. I've got the keys. I've conquered hell. And I've conquered the grave. And I'm alive. Never more to die. I'm alive. So this morning, all of us who are so suffering under the evil of this world, we've got our answer. It's Jesus. He gave himself up for our sins so that he can deliver us from this present evil world. And this is God's will. Let no man tell you and definitely let no devil lie to you that God wants you to remain in sin or that God wants you to stay in sickness or God wants you to be a captive to the evil in this world. The God of glory has made a way for every human person to be delivered from the evil that's in this world. And it's through Jesus Christ. What do you and I need to do? It's just believe in this Jesus. The Bible says if any person, if anyone is in Christ, he becomes a new creature. There may be many gurus who can try to show you many ways, many great philosophers who can try to reason with your mind and give you new concepts, but there is only one who can make you a new person. It's Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that when you and I believe in Jesus, He delivers us, God delivers us from the power and the dominion of darkness. And He translates us into the kingdom of His own beloved Son. Your citizenship changes forever when you come to Jesus Christ. He takes us out of the powers of darkness. What evil enslaves you today? What evil troubles you today? I want to let you know there is a way out, but there is only one way out. And he is Jesus. When you and I come to him. He delivers us. He sets us free from every dominion of darkness. From every evil thing that dominates our life. From every power that holds us captive. From every evil thing that enslaves us. He delivers us from the powers of darkness. And he says, I'm changing your citizenship. You're going out from being a devil's property. You're coming in to being mine. He translates us. He transfers us. He enrolls us. He changes our citizenship. He brings us into the kingdom of his own son. How many would like to change your citizenship this morning? 
How many of you would like to be citizens of God's kingdom? It's through Jesus Christ. It translates us into the kingdom of his own dear son. He brings us into a place where Satan no longer has any authority over us. Where Satan has, is no longer entitled to anything in our lives except what we give him entrance to. Satan has no authority in our lives. No claim over our lives. Nothing. Because we are delivered through Jesus Christ. He gave himself up for us. That he might deliver us from this present evil world. According to the will of God the Father. I want you and me to know. That it is the will of God the Father. For you and me to be delivered. It's God's will for you and me to be free from sin that dominates our lives. It's God's will for you and me to be free from sickness that afflicts our bodies. It is God's will for you and me to be free from every evil that we find in this world that came in through Adam's sin. God says, it's my will for you to be free from that. And he made a way through his son, Jesus Christ. So this morning, if you and I would believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, embrace him as our only Lord, as our only Savior, and say, Jesus, there may be many good men, but there is none as good as you. There may be many great teachers, but there is no answer like you. There may be many Lord philosophers, but there is no wisdom like you. There may be many mighty men on earth, but there is no one who is omnipotent like you. I want you. I'm giving my life to you. If, they, if you and I will do that, then he will make us new creatures. He will make us new people. And he will translate us into his own kingdom. We will be delivered. Amen. But this is an invitation the Bible says. That must be responded personally. Your mom or dad cannot respond for you. Your brother or sister cannot fill in the invitation card on your behalf. You've got to put your own fingerprint. You've got to open the door of your own heart and your own life to this deliverer. And I wonder if you will do it this morning. The Bible says, whoever believes in him will be saved. You have to believe in Jesus. You have to make a choice that you're going to follow Jesus and entrust him with your life. Then you experience his deliverance. Then you experience his working in your life. We're going to pray. I'd like to request all of us to please stand to our feet. I want to pray with us for a few moments. As we pray, as I pray from here, I want you to respond with your own heart to Jesus. It's not a, not a matter of whether you've been to church a hundred times. It's not a question or whether the pastor knows you or knows your name, that's not the issue. The question is, is Jesus Lord of your life? Have you accepted him as your deliverer, as your savior? Have you asked him to make you a new person? Have you asked him to take you out of the powers of darkness and bring you into his kingdom. That's the question. Is there anyone here? Maybe you've come to church several times. But you're not sure. Whether you are a new person. 
you're not sure whether you made a decision to have Jesus become your savior. The Bible says this. It says, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you will be saved. I'm going to say a small prayer. And if you've never prayed a prayer asking Jesus to make you a new person, if you've never prayed a prayer like that before, then I invite you to do that with me right now. It doesn't matter how many times you've been to church. It doesn't matter if, even if you have a Christian name. It doesn't matter if you've born in a Christian family. If Jesus has not delivered you, then you're not delivered. But this morning, you can invite Jesus to come and deliver you. With every head bowed, every eye closed, we're going to pray this prayer together. There's anyone here, you need to make Jesus your Savior. You want to ask Jesus to make you a new person and bring you into his own kingdom. Then please say these words with me. Say it out loud. Say it like you mean it. Say it because you believe it. Lord Jesus, this morning I come to you. I ask you to make me a new person. I ask you to set me free from the evil that's in this world. I ask you to bring me into your own kingdom. I believe you died for my sins. That you were buried. And that you rose up again. I give my life to you. I thank you. I thank you. We could just exalt Jesus in this place. Just worship this amazing king. This great deliverer. Let's just exalt him. For his triumph. At Calvary. Let's exalt him. Because he has conquered hell and the grave. Let's just worship Jesus for a few moments, please. Lord, thank you for breaking every chain that enslaves our lives. And Lord Jesus, you're the deliverer from every sickness and disease. So right now, Lord, we ask for your healing virtue to flow through this auditorium. Making people whole from every sickness, every disease, every ailment in their bodies. Come on, everybody pray. Believe with me. Let healings take place, God, right now in the name of Jesus. Let every spirit of infirmity, every spirit of affliction in the name of Jesus, leave sick bodies. In the name of Jesus. Incurable diseases. In Jesus' name, be made whole. And God, we thank you for doing that. Healing people, every ailment, every disease in their body. Even now, Lord, let relief come. Even now. We stand against every infirmity. Declaring wholeness and disease. You name it now. You name your disease and say, Lord, I receive my healing. Whether it's problems on the knees. You put your hands on the knees and say, God, I receive my healing. Whether it's arthritis, diabetes, whatever condition you may have. You say, God, I receive my healing. I receive my healing. You are my deliverer. You are the one who delivers me from sickness and disease and affliction and ailments in my body. I receive my healing. God. I receive my healing. God. Go ahead and do that now. Yes. 
Lord, we thank you. You're the one who delivers us from every confusion, everything that troubles our minds. You're our peace. You're the one who brings peace into our hearts, into our lives. So Lord, we pray you'll bring, Lord, healing to those who are broken in hearts. Those who are troubled and distressed in their minds. Let the peace of God come upon them. Let every burden, every depression fall off of their minds. Let the peace of God come in now. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you. And we bless you.